don't be scared. There's so many times in my life where I've wanted to do something and I've maybe hesitated or I've got the fear and not gone through with it and tormented myself over and over and eventually gone to do it. So I would just say straight up, and this is the advice I would absolutely give my son, you know, nobody cares, go for it. Make a mistake, don't be scared. It's Holly from the People to Buy podcast, and I have my amazing co-host, Annie. Hi! Today, we are interviewing the Dubai fitness and boxing coach and co-founder. No, it's not co-founder. Yes, it is, yeah. Co-founder. co-founder. I'm the co-founder, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't know who it is. Tell us. What's his name? They can guess. Let them guess. Cyrus is his name. Yeah. Hi. Welcome, Cyrus. <laughs> Thank you. Great I'm to be here. I'm going to literally die of embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we haven't, oh. we haven't recorded for a month. We're a bit rusty. <laughs> yeah, Welcome, I'm Cyrus. Moment. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. Thank you. Good. Great to be here. Yes. And we're looking forward to hearing all about you and your story. Yeah. So do you want to you start a off? very interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Very interesting. So when did you move to Dubai? I moved to Dubai in 2013. So I've been here around 11 years now and this city has given me so much i met my wife here and Woo-hoo. we had a son a year and a half ago which is congratulations the best thank you i have my business here all my friends and yeah this place has just been an absolute blessing for me i love it that's good and um what's your son called my son is called theodore oh very nice <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> and um, when did you get married so I met my wife pretty much the same year that I moved to Dubai in 2013. And that's quite rare, actually, isn't it? Meeting your yeah. partner in Dubai. Yeah, six months. Yeah. I was here six months. Okay. And she walked into the gym that I was personal training at, Fitness First, close by in uh, Media City. And she walked in, and me and my friend, who were just kind of standing by the entrance, both looked at each other and were like, "Wow!" <laughs> and I was like, "I need to go and speak to this." Oh, woman. I love that. And a trainer told me a very long time ago that if you ever get with a client, you'll end up marrying them. And up until that point, I'd never like mixed business with pleasure, if you you want to call it that, right? I've been very professional in the workplace. However, I had to go and speak to this woman. Six weeks later, we moved in together. A few months after that, we got married. And it's been pretty much 10 years now that we've been together. Congratulations. You yeah. don't mess around. No, and it was a roller coaster and it's quite a funny story. If you'd have been a fly on the wall in our first apartment that we moved into, you'd have said, Why are these two humans living together? <laughs> 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 and because I was um we were briefly speaking about this uh, before you got here. I had some issues around relationships okay. due to my parents divorcing when I was twelve. And so I was carrying a lot of those with me and I didn't think I had any problems. Uh, I thought She problems thought too. otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was a problem, right? In my mind. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to fall upon a seminar and did some therapy in order to sort out my issues so that I could fully love my wife. And now we've, we've kind of like one of the best relationships ever. Amazing. It takes a lot to do that. Yeah. To really notice it and to seek help and go on a journey yeah now i don't want to jump the gun because i know you traveled to thailand as well but i want to take it back from the very beginning cool 
ex-Marine. Yeah. Tell us that journey. Okay, I'll Because that is a chapter in itself. Yeah, I'll start with why I yes. joined. So, as I said, my parents are divorced. I was in my hometown and I was quite lost in the sense that my two sisters and brother had left with my mum and we cut contact. And so I was left with my dad and I was not going to school, drinking alcohol, smoking weed, getting arrested, hanging around with the wrong kind of people. I thought there was nothing wrong with me, but obviously, <laughs> right, looking back, you can see that. So my friend came into school one morning with a photo and he showed me a photo and it completely changed my life because I knew in that moment that I wanted to be what I was looking at. And his older brother just so happened to be a Royal Marines commando. He had a green berry on. And so you can see that young teenager kind of a bit broken in that moment, seeing this photo immediately, I was just like, wow, I want to join the Marines and do this. Mm. So I started training obsessively from that young age in order to join. And I walked into the recruitment office that was in Wrexham, North Wales, at 15 and nine months old on the day, because you had to be 15 and nine months old to apply to join the Royal Marines. Oh, wow. You've done your research. Yeah. Yeah, I joined at 16. Went through one of the longest, hardest military training courses in the entire world. It wasn't easy. They tried to deter me from joining at such a young age because the pass rate for young teenagers is very, um, it's like a small percentage of them that actually get through. And yeah, did it, went into the Marines. And for me, being from the background that I was from, it was the best thing ever because my friends became my family yeah. and I was in that environment that I needed, you know, with the guys and it taught me a lot, you know, I went from being a boy to a man, essentially. How long were you in the Marines for? Five years. Okay. I'm interested. Do you think you joined the Marines and you wanted to be that picture you saw because it gave you a sense of purpose after your parents divorcing? Like, was there something you're thinking I could work towards this or because it's obviously a huge, it's also not appealing to that many people. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't into fitness at all before I saw that photograph and I had never thought, I didn't even know what the Royal Marines were until my friend had explained it to me. It was an escape. I believe that things happen for a reason. and I believe the universe works to help you and guide you and show you. And in that moment, before my friend could even open his mouth, I knew that I can do this. That's my escape out of here. And so I believe that I left to escape, essentially, escape my reality that I, that I didn't like and go on my adventure. And you did escape reality, going somewhere, somewhere like that and doing, you know, so you were in the Marines up until you were 22, did you yeah. say? And then when you came out, were you kind of thinking, okay, now what's my new purpose? Or did you have a plan? Yeah, I had a plan. I'd left I, I put my notice in to leave before i went to afghanistan in 2006 because i wanted to travel the world not in uniform and funny thing happened i put my notice in to leave i had my interview to leave in afghanistan and the commanding officer said to me what do you want to do and i said i want to travel the world not in uniform i want to just like live go on go and see some beaches and you know and he's like okay i don't think that's a very good plan um, how are you going to do it? How are you going to afford to do it? I, like, I don't know. I just really want to do it. And a few weeks later, an incident happened, which allowed me eventually to travel the world for four and a half years financially because of this incident that happened. So again, 
I believe that the accident that I was involved in in Afghanistan happened for a reason. So is that the incident you're referring to? It is. That's when I almost died, yeah. Okay. I'm really intrigued. Can you tell me? What yeah. <laughs> um, I got hit by a truck, essentially. In Afghanistan? Yeah. You knew you were leaving soon, right? So. Yeah, I put my notice in to leave already. So you're on your notice period. Yeah, I was, on, I was on my notice period, <laughs> yeah. They really, yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to tell the story, so. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know the extent of the injuries. Essentially, I got stuck between two trucks and the rear one was moving, trying to move forward and it was hitting the rear truck and, and my head was blocking uh, the two vehicles. They had armor on them, so the armor started where my neck was. And once the rear vehicle, the guy had got out, had a look, saw me in between them when it was they were banging together, reversed it. So initially, I didn't know what the injuries were, obviously. I, I just tried to like brush it off, but I'd broken my jaw in three places. I'd smashed the whole right side of my face and my, my the skull was broken all, all over in multiple places. So my head had been squashed. Oh, you were lucky. Yeah, I was very lucky, yeah. Very lucky to be alive. I mean... If I'd have just stayed there, I'm sure I would have been alive maybe an hour before before I would have died. But luckily I was in the camp where the ambulance and hospital staff were there. And I didn't just get the financial aspect from it, as I told you, that allowed me to travel. I got some massive life lessons from that incident. They took me to the hospital on camp. They told me that we can't attend to your injuries here. It's too severe. We don't have the doctors or all the stuff to do it. So we're going to send you to Kandahar, which was the big American base in Afghanistan at the time. They put me to sleep. They actually f flew me to Oman. So I'm not sure what happened there. They probably figured that, oh no, it's better off over here. They tried to wake me up. I was in a coma. So in the scenario that someone dies or gets seriously injured in the military, no one's allowed to call home or talk. The military go and tell the next of kin to make sure that that's all sorted. And then uh, you know, they open up communications. So they went to tell my dad, who was my next of kin, that I was knocking on death's door. They went to his place of work. The priest and the Royal Marines officer went to my dad's work and my dad saw them. And he must have, his he, heart must yeah. have dropped. He, he dropped to his knees, actually, thinking that I, I, would, I was That's dead. That's so dangerous because he could have had a heart attack or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just the, the way it was set up. Like they walked across the car park and my dad come outside and saw them. So he had like a minute or two before they got to him. Oh. And everything is going through his mind, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cyrus is dead. I mean, my son's dead. I was half dead at the time. I wasn't fully dead yet. I was in a coma and they said to him, look, he's not looking good. He's in a coma. We think it's 50-50. We need to fly you out to Afghanistan so you can see him in the event that he does die. A couple of days after that, I woke up out of the coma. With a bad headache. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they said to him, he's not going to immediately die, so we're not flying you out to see him. Now, being a parent now, I would obviously want to just, you know, just send the parent out to see him. I mean, he's in hospital, right? But I'm glad, selfishly, that he didn't come out to see me because of the events that were about to take place. And there's a lot of details that I could go into, but the basics of it is I had a couple of operations they moved me to a former military hospital to recover. Mm -hmm. And I was in this hospital. They, they took all the tubes and everything out of me. I wasn't in intensive care anymore. I was just kind of like had a few things going on. They wired my jaw shut. I had spinal fluid dripping out of my nose and, and mouth. <sighs> like it would drip out of my nose when I did this and it would, it would drip into my throat when I did this. My head was completely messed up. Like I wish I had a photo to show people. 
you won't believe how big my head was. Like it was massive and it was black and it was all deformed, right? It was all like all over the place. And I can't picture this. But also you've yeah. got quite a nice... I was going to say, <laughs> you're a good looking guy. Yeah, I think it actually... <laughs> made, I think eventually it made me better looking. <laughs> when, when I healed, and it, 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 my jaw like just went in a nicer position. There we go. People tell me that. Uh, but at the time, yeah, it was pretty messed up. I, I couldn't see properly. I couldn't hear properly. I had okay. damage in, in my nerves and everything. And so I was feeling quite sorry for myself in the bed. And before that, I had a unique ability to not feel sorry for myself and to see through challenging times and to know that this is going to pass. Mm. And, you know, and, and I actually got an award in the Marines during recruit training for being one of the best recruits. And it wasn't because I had leadership abilities or that I was better than anyone because I wasn't. It was just because the fact that I could smile during really tough times. Maybe because of my parents' divorce and I got through that. So I was like, you know, this is nothing. Like, you, you ain't got nothing to kind of hurt me. But in hospital, in this moment, I definitely, for a short period of time, had lost that ability. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to see again. I'm not going to be able to hear properly again. My face is all messed up. I don't know if my life can carry on as normal again. Until one day, I was in the hospital. And when I was in this military hospital, for about a week or five days, this elderly gentleman would come into the hospital ask me if I was doing okay. And then he would go and visit the only other person in the room. And the other person in the room was a, 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 he was clearly very disabled man who was very distressed. He couldn't go, he couldn't do anything himself, right? The nurses were changing his nappies, feeding him, Mm -hmm. showering him, the whole thing. He was making noises and he was always trying to bite his arms, right? Like clearly very disabled, very distressed human. This nice, older man would come to my bed and ask me if I was okay and I had my jaw wide shut so I couldn't speak and he was a very pleasant older man and he would go and see this other guy for about an hour and then he would leave so after some time of this I asked the nurse you know what's the story with the guy she said oh the guy over there was involved in a traffic accident close by Um, he's been here for quite a few months now he was driving the car with his mum and his sister in the car It was a serious accident. His mum and his sister both died. He's disabled for life, but he has full, his mind is working fine. It's just he has no control of his body. The reason why he's trying to bite himself is because he feels bad that his mum and his sister died. He's trying to take his life. And the guy that's coming to see him every day is his dad. And I was just like, I just couldn't understand the situation. I couldn't comprehend it. Yeah. And also you must be sitting there thinking, I'm actually really fortunate and uh-huh. lucky with what sounds like there's always someone worse off than you. I know that sounds uh, so awful to say. No. It puts it in perspective. Perspective. Doesn't it in life? It yeah. put me in perspective and it hit yeah. me so hard. I was like, I felt ashamed of myself for feeling sorry for myself. I was like, how dare you feel bad about your situation yeah. when this is going on? Yeah. So I immediately like literally sat up and was like, nah, I'm getting through this. And started changing my attitude. Yeah. And what the accident was running through my head on repeat since it happened, like it was nonstop on repeat, start to finish. And it was very raw and and in my mind. And would you say you had PTSD? A little bit. A little bit. I believe that if you go through something like that, you it's naturally gonna run through your mind. 
like physiologically, I don't know, the, the pathways in your brain or whatever, are just going to run through it because it's very traumatic, very stressful, right? But I also believe that I had not yet gained the lesson from the experience that, and I believe it's why I went through it, is the universe was trying to teach me something. And I'd not yet got the lesson because I was just in my own head, essentially, feeling sorry for myself. When I found out about this, I could kind of like step out of myself almost and look at it from a different angle. Mm. And I went through the incident and I realized like, oh, I was lying on the desert floor, squeezing the hands of my friends, screaming, not out of pain because I didn't feel anything during the incident. I was screaming because I was about to die. And I'd not done anything with my life. And I was angry and frustrated. And I was just like, oh, you know, this is it. I'm going to die. I'm 21 at the time. I'm 21 years old. I'm lying on this floor. And this I'm annoyed. This is how I'm, I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah, this is it. And when you're about to die, you have clarity, right? Full mental clarity. There's no ego. There's no this person, that person thinks this, that, that. It's you, your life. End. It stops now. So I realized going back through it after hearing about this gentleman and this older guy and putting things into perspective properly for me, I realized like, oh, I'm going to die again one day. And when I do, I don't want to feel like that again. So I need to make sure that I live a life now that when I do die again, because we all die one day, I want to look back with a smile on my face and go, yeah, I, I live true to myself. I live life. I had my adventures and I did all that stuff. So that stayed with me ever since and when times get a little bit tough or you know when you're not having a bad day we all have them yeah yeah and i'm no different mm. i'll have a, a bad day and i'll start feeling sorry for myself and oh why is this happening to me and everything else and i think back to the hospital and i'm like dude shut, shut up <laughs> you'll never ever forget that and you could not there's not many people on this world who have had that experience like you can preach about it but you'll you're very few a, a very rare number yeah. I, I want to know have what, that lesson. when something like this happened and then you were saying, I don't want to, you know, go, you don't want to die having regrets. Have you kind of made like a mental checklist of what you wanted to achieve and by when? Or like, was there any accomplishments and things that you thought I need to do this? No, there wasn't initially. There wasn't. I left the military and went back to my hometown and I had a normal, I was working as a scaffolder in my hometown. And I hated my hometown. And I was working as a scaffolder and nothing was really happening. And if the accident didn't happen and I didn't experience all that, maybe I'd still be there doing the same thing now, I don't know. But I got a payout because of the incident. And I immediately quit my job and flew to Thailand and started my four and a half year adventure. We call it a drinking adventure, essentially. I, know, just... <laughs> I mean, you needed a drink after all. You just got through it to that point. I get a double. I need one. <laughs> so I, I just, me and my friends, there was a few friends who were mm -hmm. in different situations, but we lived in Thailand for two years. I lived in Mexico for a year. We went North America, Central America, South America, Southeast Asia. And that's, I mean, I felt free, completely free. You can imagine, right? A 23-year-old, 24-year-old guy. I grew dreadlocks. <laughs> but it's exactly what I wanted to do. It's exactly the image I had before the accident, before everything happened. When I put my notice in to leave the military, I wanted to do that. I wanted to just live on beaches and... So opposite to the Marines. It is. 
Yeah. Dreadlocks and flip-flops. It is. Cause you had to, it's because you had to shave your hair in the Marines, right? Yeah. yeah so I, I went the opposite way. And, I, and that's an actual thing where it happens now in my career when I'm helping people get in shape and lose weight. And I'm like, if you go too far this strict, this, this way with your diet and your training and everything, mm. there'll be a knock-on effect where you go the opposite direction. Yeah. Right? So that's what happened to me. And yeah. But you enjoyed yourself the four years of... It was, I was, I don't know anyone, I don't know anyone apart from the one or two guys that were with me that have experienced that in life. Uh, Because first of all, the money that's needed to be able to do something like that, most people can't afford to just 100%. Like we were waking up and we had no plan. Zero plans. Where we were going to go, what we were going to do. bliss. It was. Yeah. It was. I mean... I remember sitting in a cafe on Koh Tao in Thailand, which is a small island next to Koh Samui and Koh Panyang. It's Samui, Koh Panyang and Koh Tao. It's a small diving island. At the time, it was very underdeveloped. Like there was only a few like things mm-hmm. there. Living in a hut, going down to a cafe every day, training. Went down to the cafe and I saw on the TV, on the news, that a recession was happening, 2007. If you'd have asked me, Cyrus, gun to the head, what is a recession? I said, I've got no idea what a recession is. I had no, I was completely detached from reality. I had a Facebook account, which I went on now and again and would write something funny on it. And apart from that, I lost my phone for like three, four months. I didn't even buy a new one. Like I was just fully. They're the best times. Right? In, in the moment, traveling around. But eventually that got boring as it would. And coming back to your you know, original question, I felt like I was meant for more. There's only so many beers you can drink and beaches you can see before you're like, okay, I've had enough of this now. So in 2013, I moved to Dubai on my own, got a job, didn't know anyone here and was just, the mindset was, I want to build something, be something and do something. Because going back, I didn't want to, you know, if I die again now, (laughs) what am I going to say? I bummed around on some beaches, Mm -hmm. wanted to start a family, start a business. There wasn't complete clarity in exactly what I wanted to do. I just knew that Dubai was the kind of place, it looked like the kind of place, at least to me living in Thailand, that was conducive to entrepreneurship and and starting a business and doing something. And were you still into your fitness when you were traveling or did you kind of take a step back from that? I've trained consistently, nonstop, since I saw that photo. I was around, I was 12 or 13 years old at the time. Right now I'm 38. I've never stopped training. There's been times where I've trained seriously. There's been tr- times where I've trained not so seriously and a little bit less, but I never stopped training. When I was traveling, I was drinking alcohol five, six days a week, not just having a few beers. Like we were going out and we were partying, you know, living the backpacker lifestyle. Letting your dreadlocks down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so now it's, my lifestyle is very different to that. Very different. That doesn't make me happy anymore. I stopped drinking a year and a half ago. Just from reading you now, you have a very extreme personality, which is a very good thing when you want to go on a mission and you want to change something in your life. Like it's very one to a hundred, if that makes sense. Go from the Marines to Thailand, kind of living the backpacking life. Then it's like, right, I'm, now I'm going to Dubai and I'm having a family, having a business. Yeah. Like it's, do you find that you're the same person throughout these chapters in your life. Like if you were to look back at them, obviously you as a person, have you always kind of grown or like set yourself goals, so to speak? You're yeah. very determined. Determined, yeah, yeah, definitely. 
and you're focused i feel like what you want to achieve you achieve it yeah mm. does that make sense but yeah. do, you, do you know that goal does that make sense like have you always been very regimented and strict and i think it's a little bit of a curse okay because you're never settled and i i, tor I torment myself a lot in my mind okay because i'm like you know trying to always live up to my full potential and i've got a son and a wife which is the, mo the most important thing to me and, and i mm -hmm. i do spend a lot of time with them and but then the other side of me is like, oh, but you could be, you could be doing X, Y, Z right now. You could be achieving. And I believe every father goes through this pull. So it's a kind of a blessing and a curse almost because mm. mentally you're battling with yourself sometimes. And you always, I don't know about you, whether you get the same, you think, am I going to be happy? Or like, when will I have achieved the happiness? Or Chasing. The, yeah. yeah. You know, you think you set yourself a goal for this and then you get it. And then it's just a small kind of like achievement, happiness. And then you're like, next. Yeah. On to the next thing, on to the next Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I've really, and I'm just gr growing and learning like everyone else, right? I had that awakening or, or uh, experience in life that helped me, but I still struggle. And yeah, just like everyone else, I guess. Do you have a relationship with your mum? I do have a relationship with her now. I contacted her after around 20 years of not speaking. Well. And I, again, the universe had a way of making me realize that I had a problem. Me and my wife were about to split up, right? We were essentially living two different lives, but living in the same apartment. And she thought the problem was me. I thought the problem was her. The problem was me, but I, hadn't, I couldn't see it. And I was obsessed with reading business books at the time. I'd started my first business and I was just like consuming information on business. And the books that I loved to read were biographies of business people. And there's a brand called Lululemon. The founder of Lululemon has got a book and I was reading it. And it said, I will always look at my life as before the forum and after the forum. It changed my life. And it's one of the reasons why Lululemon is so successful. So I went online, what's this forum thing? Two weeks after that, it was in Dubai for the first time ever. So I was like, I am going. It was like 500 euros or something, right? I just paid for it and carry on reading my book. I assumed it was a business coaching course, right? It wasn't a business coaching course. <laughs> it's called the Landmark Forum. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. I tell everyone about this. 99% of people have never heard about it. Two and a half million people have done this course. It's a three-day seminar. Mm. It's been going since the 70s. I went on it and the first day was interesting and I almost didn't go back for the second day. Something told me to go back the second day. I went back. So the, the information was interesting, right? That you sit in a chair, you don't take any notes, you don't go on your phone, you don't eat too much, you watch a person talk for like 12 hours a day. Now you would think like, that's going to be so boring. It's not boring. You're on the edge of your seat listening to this person talk. And they're doing some stuff that you like um, mental not games, like stuff you have to go back in your mind and think about different things in your life and everything. Okay. I was doing it, but I wasn't really feeling too amazing. I went back the third day because they spoke about the voice in your head and that it's negative most of the time and that it's actually not you. And you know it's not you because you're listening to the voice. Oh my God, that's weird. And I was driving home from the second day and I was listening to the voice in my head and I was shocked at how negative my voice was. And I was like, this is crazy. How have I never known that this voice isn't me and that it's mostly negative? And I'm allowing it. Yeah. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, this is wrong. This is mm -hmm. so wrong. 
So I went back for the third day and they said on the third day at like 5 p.m. or whatever it was, you're going to get the massive realization. It's like 3 p.m. and I'm like, I'm not getting this realization. Like I'm not going to feel this thing they're telling me I'm going to feel. On the third day, they told us if you haven't got a relationship with your parents, you need to patch that up, go and speak to them. You can't live your life fully if you don't have like a, a relationship with your parents. If they're alive, if they're not alive anymore, still go into the corner, go and speak to them and squash whatever issues you had there. Your parents, they brought you into this world. I didn't call my mum. I was like, call my mum? There's no way. I spoke to her for so many years, like, no way. 5 p.m. on the third day, on the dot, I got hit with this bullet. Just, I can't explain it. It hit me, the, the hairs were standing up. I was like, and it's as if looking into a mirror and for the first time in your life, seeing why you are the way you are. It's like, oh, I've got this personality trait because this happened in my life. And oh, this happened when I was a kid and I built up this stories and this belief around it. And now I'm like this. And it was like, you don't need to be like that anymore. You can let all that stuff go and be whoever you want to be moving forward. It's like that sentence, but in a feeling. And you're like floating for like two weeks after it. I kind of, that was like the beginning of, so before the forum, I was, I was imagining and thinking about divorcing my wife constantly. Like the voice in my head was so strong, divorce, divorce, divorce. And I was planning it out in my head and I was obsessed with thinking about it because I thought I wanted to leave her, but I hadn't left her. Right. So a part of me knew mm. and a part of me didn't, but I couldn't verbalize it. I didn't understand it. Your head and your heart. Yeah, exactly. The forum was the first like, hey, you might have a problem here. Then I went to therapy and I did a load of therapy and the therapist had kind of done everything he could have done with me and I wasn't yet getting the, the situation. So on the last day of therapy, he was looking at me and he was like, Cyrus, did you get it yet? And I was like, the problem is me? And he went, <laughs> yeah, problem's you. And from that moment, I never ever thought about divorcing my wife. It was like a it was like someone come with a magic wand and went ding, and it had gone. The voice had gone uh, about divorcing my wife. And we, he, she tells everyone the landmark forum is the best thing that I ever did because it completely sorted out my issues. Do you still have voices like negative thoughts? Yes. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I catch my voice all the time. Okay. How do you stop it? How do you manage that? You don't stop it. There's okay. no stopping it. Your voice will be in your head 24-7, 365. It will never, ever stop for the rest of your life. Okay. You've just got to notice it, number one. Yeah. You've got to know it's there. I didn't. And when I noticed it, I was like, oh my, this is insane. And then you can start not listening to it. Mm. Most of the stuff that you think about is never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It's a story. Your mind is going down a rabbit hole about some situation that has never happened. I do that all the time, someone especially once, in business. Someone once told me, what's the point in worrying about something that you don't know, you're, like, that you're worrying about making up? Yeah. Like if it's, the, <laughs> yeah. If, you're, if it's in the future, why are you worrying about it? Because yeah. it might not even happen. So true. And we paint, like you say, these scenarios in our head. And that might not even happen, but we're worrying about it. We're worrying about something. That's and then you worry about things in the past, but it's happened. So why are you worrying about it? Exactly. And when I worry about things, I'm like, but am I worrying because I need to worry about it? Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> but your wife's happy that you did the forum. Money well spent. <laughs> yeah, she's very happy. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. She's very happy. That and then from that, from that journey, you were reading many business books. Yeah. And you were just obsessed about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And then after you worked you done the forum, you worked on yourself, you've done your therapy. Yeah. 
where does Boxer come into this? Yeah, I started my first business after being in Dubai six months. Yeah. Around the same time that I met my wife and did that for three and a half years. And that was like my business learning university, whatever you want to call it. I got thrown into this situation where I'd gone from being a Marine, being like a bum traveler, was a personal trainer, and now I was running a business, had investors that had invested in me. I was managing people, marketing, customer service, like the whole thing I was doing. What was the business? It was a gym. Gym. Yeah. Okay. And so that was kind of my first taste of business. I understood how hard it was. I understood the time and effort needed in order to grow a business, right? I'm like, wow, this is tough. After three and a half years of that, I left. I also worked for the royal family as a trainer. And so I was in London with my clients and I saw a concept and I thought, oh, that looks quite cool. And I'd just been through business and I was like, do I want to do this again? (laughs) But the thing with me is I was earning good money as a coach. I had a lot of people that I was training, but I was miserable at the same time because I knew I could do more. So I was like, I've got lots of time with my wife here. I'm earning decent money. Why can't I just be happy doing this and have a great balance and have a great life? Miserable. I need to start another business. I need to get, I need to throw myself into this chaos and I need to grow a brand. I need to grow something. I need to build something. Otherwise I'm not happy. I realize that. So I spoke to a friend of mine who was and still is the most successful person that I know, uh, Lee Borg, shout out. Um, (laughs) He was a friend and he was, he had no interest in getting into business with me, but I went to him for advice. I said, mate, I've saw this thing. I want to do it in Dubai. Can you help me? And he's like, okay, I can maybe get you some investors and you know, guide you on the way. But first you need to do some more research. You can't just say, I've, I've seen this thing. Like go and do real research. So he guided me, went to New York, spent a week in New York doing every single boxing and fitness class that's on offer in the city. I was doing like three, four classes a day. Took all that research. Me and Lee flew to Amsterdam. We went to a few gyms there that we liked the look of on social media, did the research there. And I'd spent a lot of time in London with my client. We kind of took the best from all. And we knew that there was a trend that was bringing boxing fitness to the masses. Before that, if you wanted to do boxing, you had to go to a sweaty, stinky, male dominant. It was very aggressive was and it like male dominate but yeah 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 like for me it was like you would watch like even the boxing movies and stuff like that and but boxing is completely different any age any male female can do it yeah exactly so you get the benefits of boxing yeah without the bruises yeah <laughs> so, broken nose yeah so we saw that we took the bet the ones for me and then somewhere on the line lee i guess saw my passion for it and it was like mate we're better off if you just come up with half the cash and I come up with half the cash and we do this together rather than getting investors. So let's go for it. And I didn't have all of the money myself at the time. I borrowed some of my dad and I, and I got bits together. We invested a large portion of the initial investment. The contractors had started and everything was moving. And then COVID hit. <laughs> Another test came your way. Yeah. And... I remember standing outside of the place at the time and all the workers were working and Lee telling me, we're going to go into this thing called a lockdown and we're going to be locked at home. And I was laughing at him saying, mate, what are you talking about? Two weeks after that, we're in lockdown. The first year of business was tough, obviously. Nobody wanted to be around anyone. I mean, people were still a little bit nervous and scared. Yeah, and actually being in gyms and fit, like, I remember going to the gym and people being, I got COVID in the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was going around everywhere yeah. and we were still very unsure about it, so... 
we don't really count that first year in business as our first year in business, right? 2021 was just You can't. I think tough. everyone can just write that off yeah. for anything. We're yeah. also all a year younger than what we are. Yeah. And it also was great now because our reality was COVID. We weren't allowed so many people in the studio. Like we were struggling financially and that's how we started business. So we went, we started like that and everyone else that had gyms for like years and stuff, all my friends that were like killing it, they were now like devastated. Oh my God, this is horrible. I'm like, well, this is the only thing we know. You know, we're going to get through it. And with Lee's guidance and just the mind of like, we're not going to give up. After six months of doing it, we kind of realized that, okay, people are really enjoying this. They're really loving it, especially the punching the bag thing. We just come out of like lockdown and people were frustrated and angry yeah. and they, they gained a bit of weight and they were not on their fitness and they were just like, get me out into the world. And they started telling me, oh, this is like my therapy. And they kept saying, this is like my therapy. This is my therapy. So we changed the tagline because of our members to boxing is therapy. Mm. And from that initial you studio. listen to your customers. Yeah, definitely. From that initial studio of we just rented two shops we just had the one concept we moved outdoors we took the whole back side of the building and built a massive strength and conditioning area then we took two extra shops we built a cafe and an indoor cycling studio and we took another space inside the building for like a boxing circuits area so now i've got like four concepts and a cafe and we've just it's just blowing up your growth is so impressive like how quickly Boxica has grown in the region. I feel like it's a household name. Like everyone yeah. knows what Boxica yeah. is. But it's, it, it's insane. Like for the small amount of years, like you've been open, how much you've taken over and it's incredible. And one thing is what I love is I actually read your reviews. I've done a bit of research. You have strong reviews. Like yeah. it's so personal. Like you're so big, but you are, you're still kind of like a, you're a big business, but a small business in customer service. Like yeah. everyone says like the, the trainer's names and yes. the experience. But with that, what's been the challenge with that? With growing a business so quick, but obviously customers keeping them happy, having five-star reviews, yeah. like that must have been a struggle. Yeah. Um, I don't think any business is easy. No. And that stuff didn't happen by accident. No. I was very clear and I'd spent a lot of time thinking about the kind of business that I wanted to build. Yeah. And it was the kind of place that I wanted to be. If I'm going to be there most of the hours of the day, then I better have people around me and I better have an environment that I love. And I didn't want it to be intimidating. Yeah. I didn't want it to be for the elites. I wanted it to be for everyone, to have it them feel like it's a second home, unintimidating, fun. And when I do my hiring, I hire people based on their personality, not on their experience. I don't I think care. That's so crucial. I don't care what you've done. It is. You can teach someone yeah. 99% of everything in the world. You can't teach them to be a good person. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, when I'm hiring people, I'm like, okay, would I hang around with this person outside of the gym? Yes. Okay. Tick. Do they care? Do they care about other people? Do they care about what they do? Yes. Okay. Everything else I could teach them. So the, the, my coaches and my team are so cool. Like I love going to work every day. And I believe that if I build an environment that I enjoy, that other people would like to be there as well. It shows. So it, it was, really yeah, the reviews yeah, were over like 230 odd Google reviews. And I think most of them are five star. I think we've got one or two one stars. And it was people that come to the class late and they weren't allowed in. So they, 
they got annoyed and did this really yeah. nasty review. It's like, man, you come it's late busy. to the yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, no, it's not that. It's, I can just tell that the level of service is there, which yeah. is, is good for, for you and your team. What's the biggest lesson you learned? You done. You had a gym for three and a half years, you sold it, and even Boxcar. Being an entrepreneur, you've read so many books, but what have you learned in your journey of being a business owner? Or any advice you can share? Yeah, any advice I think is a good one because I've learned. I mean, we'll be here all night. <laughs> all the mistakes, yeah. all the mistakes that I've made. Always um, learning. I was lucky to have Lee as a business partner, right? So one thing I would say to people like, coming from a background that wasn't business, I just wanted to do something. My background was fitness. Partnering up with the right person was key for me. Okay, so that's one thing. If someone out there is looking to start a business and you're, and you're looking to get a partner, take your time with the partner. It's like a marriage. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, you need trust, right? Me and Lee have full 100% trust. I think of him as a brother. And if anything, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anything happened to me, I would trust him to fully take care of my wife and my son and everything, that level of trust, right? Very rare to find that. So having someone that you can trust that much. And one of my coaches told me that it's never going to happen on your budget and it's never going to happen in your timeline. So it's always going to take more money than what you want and it's always going to take longer than what you want. And so that's certainly true. I mean, Boxica has been open over three years now. So you could say it's quite a short period of time, but three years is quite a long period of time. So when it comes to business, though, it is still quite it is still in the forming stage isn't it yeah yeah it's still it's still uh, new in the in the business uh, sense yeah it is it is still quite new so that would be my advice to people it'd be like don't expect it to happen overnight and if you are going to partner partner with someone get with the right partner you seem like a guy who has goals and always looking for the next big thing go 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 what is next for boxica can i ask for Boxica, yeah, we're, we're actually in talks with a few investment companies and private offices to potentially come in and have more locations of Boxica around the UAE, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and potentially outside of the UAE and around the Middle East as well. It was always a vision mm-hmm. for us to, to expand it out. And we had people approach us at earlier stages, but we weren't ready. Now we're fully kind of at this position. And it's something that I have in my mind and that we've always wanted to do. But also, if it doesn't happen, I'm also okay. It's not something we're like really going out there to find, but people have been approaching us and we've been having talks with people. And I would say that's probably the next step for us. Incredible. It's going to happen. I can sense it. Yeah. We'll see you in Saudi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's talking about Saudi. Now, yeah, right? it's true. And Cyrus, um, what advice would you give to your younger self with everything that you've learned throughout your life? Maybe one for your son, I suppose. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. There's so many times in my life where I've wanted to do something and I've maybe hesitated or I've got the fear and not gone through with it and tormented myself over and over and eventually gone to do it. So I would just say straight up, and this is the advice I would absolutely give my son, you know, nobody cares. Go for it. Make a mistake. Don't be scared. Very good. And for those listening, and they might not have tried Boxica, where do they, I don't know, where can they come and train or what classes do you have on? Yeah, absolutely. So we're in Studio City and Instagram is the best, like first place that people can go to. They can see what we're about and see all the updates and everything. So that's at Boxica. 
That's B-O-X-I-C-A. And if you're watching this, you can see it on his T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. And my Instagram is at Coach Cyrus. Excellent. Well, thank you. It's been yeah. such a pleasure having you on the thank show. You so thank much. you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> And for the listeners, um, if you don't follow us on socials, we are the underscore pod XB and you can watch this episode on YouTube too. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.